You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the room. We have a little bit of a different morning this morning. We get to hear from some amazing mothers, some within our church, some from outside of our church, and um, we're really excited to share today. We were even meeting this week just talking about how we hope that these words that God has given us are really not just for moms, but they're for um, fathers, friends, aunts, grandmothers, grandfathers, for anybody in the room, um, that the Holy Spirit would be able to speak today through the things that uh, we have to share. So we're going to dive in this morning, and we're going to introduce the folks, the ladies up here for our panel. Um, And before we do that, I wanted to just pray together this morning that um, God would have his way, that especially for the moms today, that you would feel encouraged and um, uplifted by what we have ahead. So let's pray together this morning. Father, we thank you for the women in this room. God, we thank you for everybody here, but we especially thank you for um, what today means, Lord. And and though it could be a difficult day, God, for many, I pray that um, we would remember that you are the lifter of our heads for the tired mom, for someone longing to be a mom, and everything in between, God, that we put our hope and our trust in you. And um, God, that you would use the four of us this morning to be able to speak to um, the power and the victory and the glory of your name, God. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to do a brief introduction uh, this morning. I'm going to hand it off first to Christy Carden, who's to my right. If you would like to say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself, Christy. Good morning. It's a privilege to be here. Um, I go back with Ashley um, probably about 15 or so years. Um, We met at Discover, Um, but uh, there's a lot of familiar faces in this room, and um, it's just a real privilege to be here. Um, I'm a mother of three sons who are 22, 19, and 18, and um, the wife of Cliff, and um, I'm a counselor here in Greenville, and um, I guess that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, so Christy has been a mentor in my life for many years. We've known each other for a long time, and um, I have the privilege of meeting up with Christy often, and it kind of helps when you name your mentor somebody that's a counselor, because you kind of get both things, so it's like free counseling, kind of, I don't know, Um, but Christy's amazing and somebody that I've trusted to guide me along with advice for many years and has a wonderful family, and we're so lucky that she agreed to, to be here today, so Donna. Good morning. My name is Donna Scherer. Um, I go to Renovation Simpsonville. Uh, I am the proud mother of three wonderful children, Brendan, 33, Rebecca, 24, Libby, 29, and my um, favorite son-in-law, Ara, <laughs> who um, is, is wonderful. And then I am the blessed grandmother of Melena. She's a one-year-old that I absolutely adore. I'm a small business owner, and uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Donna came to us via Emerge at Renovation many years ago, 10 maybe now. Um, Donna was a part of Westside Church, and they merged in with Renovation, and more than just a building when we merged in with Simpsonville, we got some amazing spiritual mothers that were a part of that merge, and Donna is just that. I think anybody that knows her agrees. She is full of grace and steadfastness and faithfulness and is a spiritual mother to so many ladies. And we're so grateful you're here this morning. And Laura Beth. Good morning, guys. I'm Laura Beth Cuyar. If we haven't met yet, 
Um, I'm married to Joe, who's the local lead pastor here, and I handle the discipleship ministry for Renovation Greenville. Um, most of you guys knew all of that. So you've also probably seen our kids running around. We've got five kiddos. Uh, the youngest is almost in kindergarten, and the oldest is almost in high school. So we're busy at home with children. And, uh, and chickens and a farm and... Yeah, all the stuff. It's all the things, yeah. yeah. They add more little things to their... Because why not? <laughs> Can't have um, enough chickens. And I guess I should say, I'm Ashley Humphrey, and I have three kids, Carson, Jude, and Emma, who are all sitting right there, and I'm married to Matt, who teaches here most weeks. You'll see him up here, and um, Emma just turned eight, and Carson is 12, and Jude is nine, and it's such a privilege to be their mom and to get to be up here today. So we're going to dive in a little. We have um, kind of a verse and an idea that today was kind of framed around, and that is really the, the whole person. We can focus a lot on um, our soul. We can focus a lot on our actions, on serving, on different things, but the idea was kind of birthed out of the uh, verse in Mark, and that verse is Mark twelve thirty, and it says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And so that's really um, what we're going to be talking about today and really nourishment, this idea of um, how we get well-rounded nourishment um, as women and as people and as followers of Jesus. So in talking about this, we um, started to kind of chat about what that looked like for us and, and how we really speak to the mind and soul and spirit and body. And Christy had this amazing sort of paradigm on what that looks like for her and a really great visual, mental visual to go along with it. So I'll pass it over to you to kind of share that with us. Okay. So I think it, this isn't just for women, this is for all of us. Sometimes we can really um, start carrying things that aren't ours. And something that um, I share with my clients, but also has really helped me um, to understand what's mine and what's not. Um, I, I like to think of it as, and if you've heard this before, I apologize, but um, I'm gonna share it again. But this, I like to think of it as our life is kind of broken up into three, three quad, quadrants, three circles. So if you think of it looking like a target, so there's the center circle, and then there's another circle, and there's another circle. And the center circle is basically um, the territory that God has given us. And a lot of times we feel like, oh man, there's so much I have to handle and so much I have to do. But really, when we break it down to what he's given us to manage, he's given us really three things that are in that center circle. The center circle contains your body, your mind, and your spirit. And obviously, um, he gives us our, um, our temple to manage, to, and he inhabits that, but he doesn't micromanage that, like what we wear, what we eat, what we do, all that stuff. He, lets, he allows us that freedom, right? So that's ours. Um, our mind, that, that includes just our um, attitudes and our responses and what we dwell on and what we're thinking about and what we're filling into our head. Um, he tells us what's wise, but he allows us to make those choices. Um, and then obviously our spirit. And inside the spirit category, I, I like to break that up into two sections. We have our capital B beliefs, which is our worldview um, that should govern everything. It should be sort of the thing that influences everything. But we also have our little B beliefs. And those are actually pretty loud sometimes. Those little B beliefs are the things that have set up shop for our whole lives. You know, the messages that we've received, the things we've observed, the things we have heard, um, all those things get downloaded on us. And a lot of times, those little B beliefs get 
really a lot louder than the capital B belief, which should actually be louder. If we're following Jesus, we know that we, we've said that we've invited him into those spaces and that's supposed to be influencing everything, which actually it, it grows out of that and that should influence the little B beliefs, the, how we think and what we do with our body. But I don't know about you, but a lot of times that gets a little out of whack, you know? <laughs> it has for me. And something that I do, I ask myself, like if I start feeling anxious, usually I have to go, okay, am I managing my territory? And to explain that a little better, I like to think that second circle, that includes all the people in your life. Your friends, your family, your spouse, your children, your coworkers, your church people, all that stuff, all those people and everybody has their circles. So a lot of times what happens is we start going, we're worrying or we're thinking about what other people are doing in their circles or, you know, and we're over there and we're not managing ourselves, And that creates anxiety. Um, and the, the third circle is the stuff that is like world peace and the environment and politics and news and all these kind of things. So the farther we get away from that center circle, the more chaotic things get. I don't know about you, but we see that in our culture right now. People are so out there, they're worrying and thinking and they wanna control all of these things that are out there. And it's just chaos because they're not managing their territory. So the reason why I bring this up is I feel like this is just a really good um, place for us to just sort of take a little gut check, you know, or feeling really anxious and our mind is wandering like, okay, what circle am I in? Where, you know, what, what's going on here? That's the first question. The second question is, is what's, what's operating all this? Am I really allowing these little B beliefs um, to be louder than what I say I actually believe? Our trust in Jesus, um, saying that he is sovereign, that he is actually in control, and that he loves me. And a lot of times our little B beliefs are arguing with that. You know, like, no, no, I need to control stuff. I need to do this. I've got to handle it. And that creates a lot of confusion. But something that we can do as um, followers of Jesus is zero in. And, and I, at least for me, I mean, it is, it's not so simple. It's, easy, it's sort of an easy concept, but it's, it's hard to practice, isn't it? But we have to practice this. We have to go, okay, Lord, reveal to me what I'm really believing right now. You know, what is the actual truth? Not what I think is true, because a lot of times those don't match. And so um, I just, I have a verse in Philippians I'd like to read to you. I'm gonna read it from the Amplified Version. And I think this is just, just really helpful. Um, and this is something that, you know, we just, we really need the Lord to help us with this, but he can do it. And it's encouraging to know that, that he does give us the equipment to do that. Uh, Philippians 4, five through seven says, and like I said, this is Amplified Version. It says, let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. 
And that is amazing. And that goes back to, we can have that. That, that is a gift that he gives us, but he allows us to manage that territory. He's, he doesn't just come in and go, you know, I'm gonna fix it all. He says, hey, I'm asking you to participate in this and you, you've got to decide what, what you're gonna believe and where you're gonna stand. And all of that is wonderful that he, he allows us that freedom. What a blessing. So anyway, I hope that's helpful. If, that, if there's anything else you want me to talk about, I can, but I think yeah, that's good. I know we talked about lots of ways to manage our territory, and I think yeah. you are gonna mention something about that too. I love what you just had to say about um, the intersection of our little B beliefs and how they influence our capital B beliefs. And so often those little beliefs come out of relationships and it comes out of, maybe it's the mean words that a child says, or maybe it's what your mother or your father said to you, or you know, the friend that betrayed you, or the relationship that didn't work out. And what's said in those moments is so often in the driver's seat when it comes down to how we actually think of ourselves and what we actually believe about ourselves, when really it's relationships should be sanctifying. They should be the sandpaper that helps us become more like Jesus. But when, when the capital B beliefs don't sit in the driver's seat and we let the little B beliefs there that are like closed rooms, does that make sense? Those little B beliefs are shut off from the truth of God's word, then it does separate us from having that peace and having that sandpaper that just continually refines us and lets us fight for what we really believe to be in control of our lives and be what's driving our decisions and what's driving even how we feel about ourselves. And so often we just let the little things run rampant um, and let even the things that are said casually or that we interpret wrong. So often like it's the like, well, she looked at me wrong, you know, and no, she was actually having indigestion and happened to be <laughs> glancing in your, in your direction. And, uh, you know, we, we, we let other things determine our, the course of our day and how we feel about our lives and the things that are going on. Yeah. You mentioned something about a season of life where you were watching the news too much. And I think that can poke a lot of us in a spot that's like, but it was so good. Do you remember what you said when we were chatting? I can't even recall. Yes, um, there was a season in my life and I don't, I, I don't know why, but I just got very obsessed with making sure that I was informed at all times. So watching the news and scrolling through and reading every single article, and I was just getting kinda, talk about being in the outer circle. I was getting very like, and my husband was like, stop, please stop. You do not need to know what is happening in Indonesia. You know, um, But I felt like somehow that was, if, if I didn't know everything, somehow I was gonna, you know, feel inadequate, or what if somebody asked me something and I don't have an answer? And really that goes back to that little B belief of feeling like I need to be in control, I need to have this information, that's where I feel secure, is information. Which really is kinda dumb because it really wasn't making me that secure, it was actually making me more anxious. Um, so I think getting real clear on like what is feeding us, what we're feeding on um, is, is super important. Back to that nourishment piece of like, I was feeding on all this information, but it really wasn't feeding my heart or my mind or my soul in a good way. Um, so it, I, had to, I had to regroup and I had to get real clear on like, what am I, what am I actually choosing to download into myself? And because what the, even scripture talks about like, you know, what, what's in the heart comes out, you know? And so, 
if we're putting in garbage, guess what? That's gonna come out. So um, I think it's interesting to think how we can just get sideways and it feels like it's, it's justified or it's natural, but it's, it's not really helping us. That's so good. I um, was thinking about like, what do you do to maintain your circle? And I kind of thought of it like a yard, which is, you know, there are some ways that that's kind of sad because you see all these neighborhoods with these like cookie cutter yards and people are maintaining them. And it's like, yeah, we need to be outside of our yard doing stuff too, but not in the circle analogy. So um, when we're looking at maintaining our own circle, I was thinking more about that soil analogy and just the idea of the scripture that tied in with tending to our soil. And I I jotted this down, but um, that verse in Luke says, seed fell among thorns. And those seeds are choked out by life's worries and they don't mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a bold and good heart who hear the word, retain it by persevering, produce a crop. And I thought if we're really taking our energy and time, there's only 100% of us. There's not 200% of us or five of us. We have 100% of one person. And if we are taking that 100% and putting it into communion with the Lord, making sure that our soil is healthy and that the seeds that the Lord does drop, you know, fall on good soil. I think that ties in with the worries that choke out those seeds and cause the thorns and cause the soil that does not absorb the, the, the seeds, good soil. So all good stuff. Yeah. I think one thing that came to mind as I was looking over everything we discussed was the Bible talks about carrying one another's burdens. And that is definitely a second circle Thing, and it's, it's commanded. Um, that verse actually is very specifically talking about when you see a brother in sin. It's in Galatians 6. Um, it's not talking about carrying everyone else's everyday problems, but it is very clearly a concept that's there in verses about loving one another and obviously taking care of your own family and those things are second circle concerns. And it's not that we can drop just because we're caring for ourselves. You know, I've got, I've got a five-year-old. I can't just decide to stop cooking meals and stop grocery shopping. Um, some, days, some weeks I'm better at it than others, but you know, I can't stop caring for my kids and stop taking care of them. What's a way that you find balance to, to maintain your own circle and to um, stay in relationship with the Lord and keep your perspective straight as you are caring for the people around you? I would say, you know, especially when you have smaller children, um, we're, we're basically training them and to get to a place of managing their own, but obviously we're, we're in their circle. Um, but as far as other people, um, I think the Lord is clear, like we are to take those cares and concerns. It's not that we shut them out or we don't care anymore and you know become narcissistic in this sense of like, nope, I'm in my bubble, like you do you. It's more about, what do we do with that care and concern? It's not ours to necessarily manage or try to control or try to fix, so to speak. It's more about, okay, I'm, I'm concerned and I'm worried. I need to take that in to where, where the Lord has me and bring that to him. Because at the ultimate, ultimately, he's the one that steps into their circle. Like we need him in our circle. It's not just ours, he gives us to manage, but he is, we invite him in. And so we are praying like, Lord, I'm concerned about this person that I'm seeing these things. And sometimes we have to speak into that in truth and love. But at the end of the day, we can have an open hand and not feel like I have to control it. I have to fix it. I have to make sure it's better because we just, we don't have that power and, and it just can consume you and it can actually become damaging to your own soul and to someone else. So it's just better to just be like, okay, this is ultimately the Lord's 
Um, I, I share with them, and I probably won't do this at the second service because my kids aren't here. Um, but um, <laughs> I, 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 um, I said when I was teach, I taught them when they were teenagers these circle things because I'm like, I really need you to start managing some stuff. So at one point, my middle one, who's a little sassy, he said, mom, feels like you're in my circle. And I was like, actually, I am because you are not managing this. Um, and I said, I want you to own it like a boss. I want you to get there. I want this to be yours. And I, I have enough on my plate to manage my own. Um, but with our children, we want them to get to a place of owning it like a boss um, and getting to a place where they feel um, that they are taking their, their stuff to the Lord. They are inviting Jesus into those capital B and little B beliefs. And, um, but we can't, re- we could say it all day long, but honestly, they're, they're watching how we're doing it as well. So we've got to also live this um, where we're, we are taking that stuff to the Lord. Yeah, so good. So yeah, the circle idea paradigm has been in my mind all week and it's, it's a super helpful way to segment what you need to care for and things that are not quite as high on the priority list or unnecessary, et cetera. So, all right, so um, kind of in moving forward, we have a lot of, things that can cause us to pivot in our lives. We have tragedy, we have, um, you name it, lots of situations that are unexpected. We can kind of be going through life and not see things when they can kind of go sideways. And so in that, I think that if you've been through a tragedy or if you've been through grief or any of those things, you've kind of learned that you have to be grounded in the Lord or you will feel like you are kind of whipping around like crazy. And that's such a... um, a sobering thing when you get face-to-face with tragedy on where you're rooted and where you're grounded. So um, Donna has, you know, obviously a, a story that many of you may not know and um, wanted her to share a little bit about her experience with being grounded in Jesus and rooted in Jesus through some really tough stuff. Okay, so um, first thing I want to say is um, if you hear nothing else, know who you're going to run to in a time of tragedy before the tragedy hits. Because once the tragedy hits, if you don't already have that destination in mind, you're gonna go all over the place. So um, with that introduction, um, two years ago, um, on March the 13th, um, my husband, who I had been married to for 34 years, um, took his own life. And that was something I didn't see coming that day. Uh, it just goes to prove that even Christians, godly people, deal with depression and anxiety, and sometimes that wins that day. But that does not define the rest of of his story and our story and my family's story. Um, at the at my husband's funeral. Michael Clore, who is a dear, dear, dear friend of mine, said, you cannot judge a man's character by the circumstances of his death. And so we've determined that uh, even though uh, it was a tragic way uh, for Kevin to, to go to the Lord, we're gonna, we're gonna make something positive out of that. So I just wanna share a little, just some little snippets of my story to tell you how faithful God has been to me through these last two years and how faithful God has been to my family, to my children, um, to, to keep us all together. So uh, the day that it happened <clears throat> was 
chaos, obviously. Um, just moments after, uh, you know, I had, had called 911, my house was filled with um, tons of strangers that were busy doing what they do. Um, and I was just kind of just kind of sitting on the couch um, in disbelief. And I had an officer that was stationed, they had closed the door and he was stationed outside the door, which I don't know what you're planning for me to do, but okay, thank you. Uh, but he kept saying, ma'am, can I, can I do anything for you? Can I, can I call anybody? And I just, I kept saying, no, no, there's, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that yet. So as I was sitting there, um, the first thing that popped into my mind was worship in the oddest situation because I knew that's where my, my peace was going to come from. So I said, Alexa, play praise and worship. Um, and Alexa, being the obedient little robot that she is, um, played uh, praise and worship. And the first song that played, y'all, if Jesus had sat down on the couch next to me, it could not have been more directed to my heart. And it was the song, Just Be Held by Casting Crowns. Um, I don't know if you've heard that song. Google it. It's amazing. And the first line of the song is, hold it all together. Everybody needs you strong. But then it goes on to say that he counts our tears and that you, it looks like your life has fallen apart, but it's fallen into place. And that if we keep our eyes focused on the storm, we would wonder if he ever loved us. But if we keep our eyes focused on the cross, we know that he has and he always will. So that, looking back, was the very first part of restoration. Um, that happened within an hour of my husband dying. That restoration was started. Fast forward about an hour or two, and um, <clears throat> I took me and, and uh, my two dogs into my office, and I sat down at my desk, and I swung my chair around, and sticking on my computer screen was a sticky note that I had written out the week before. And um, it was a Bible verse that I had wanted to um, do a little deeper dive in. So I want to read that to you. And <clears throat> I didn't do it on a phone or an iPad because I wrote it in big letters because I'm a little vain and I don't like to wear glasses. <clears throat> <clears throat> so it was Isaiah 41.10. And this is God talking. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I truly, truly believe that God had me to write that just for that day. And that little bitty post-it note that's about this big became billboard size to me because I knew that was just another confirmation that God was going to take care of us even in the midst of this horrible, horrible tragedy. <clears throat> so um, fast forward two years. Grief is uh, like a tidal wave. Some days you're rocking along fine, and then all of a sudden it just wipes you out from nowhere. Something triggers a memory. Something makes you um, 
you know, it could be a smell, it could be a sound, it could be a, a TV show, it could be a lot of things. <clears throat> so I've learned to try to make strategies. Um, I know that when I'm driving and I'm alone in the car and I'm going to be alone for a, a, a good while, I know that's where the enemy tries to get me because he can come in my thoughts and he can make me think and he could get dark in a hurry. So my strategy is I always have good praise music going. I like to listen to good podcasts and I have friends that I know pray for me. And uh, that goes back to your circle if you surround yourself mm -hmm. <clears throat> with godly friends. Uh, and all I have to do is send out, hey, I'm going to be in the truck for a while and they know. They know, so they're, they're praying for me. So in that strategy, I want to read the second verse that God gave to me. <clears throat> so um, two days after, after my husband passed, I was doing a devotion with a group of ladies, um, and we were day seven in 10 days. Day seven in 10 days. So this was not a coincidence. This just, I feel like God had ordained this. But it's 1 Peter 5.10. And it says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. Well, I like to read stuff in several different versions because it just kind of makes it have a little deeper meaning to me. So I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation, which is one of my favorites. And it says, and then... After your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up personally and powerfully restore you from the darkest fear come true. Personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. And then if you go on to the next verse, it says, and he has all the power indeed to do this forever. He has all the power indeed to do this forever. <clears throat> so my prayer and me being able to talk with you today is that you'll make those strategies, that you'll know who you're gonna run to before the tragedy hits so you can be prepared to stand strong even when you're laying flat on your back because something has completely bowled you over. God promises to personally and powerfully restore you and set you on a firm foundation and build you up. And that's exactly what he's done for me. <clears throat> he has given me a fabulous family that has surrounded me. All of my kids have stepped up and, and just being so strong for me. Um, God has placed me in a wonderful church that has provided in ways that only God could do. Um, he has surrounded me with great friends that have um, just blessed me and been there for me. But I want to go forward and know that our story can minister to somebody else that because of God's faithfulness to me, somebody else will be able to look towards God and see how faithful he is for them. And just remember, because I loved Joe's reaction to this, um, 
God doesn't have any grandchildren. We are all children of God. God doesn't have any grandchildren because if, if you believe Jesus because your mama believed Jesus, that's not, that's not good enough. You have to believe Jesus because Jesus did this for you. He died for you. He came back to life for you. And he sent the Holy Spirit for you. And as a parent, sometimes it's really hard for us to, to step back from that responsibility. We want so much for our, our children to know the Lord the way we do. We want so much. And we spend all of their young uh, little lives teaching them and showing them. And then it comes to the point where, you know, God has to prove himself to them. And the great thing about that is God is able to prove himself. I don't have to prove that. He, he, he can do it. So celebrate being a child of God um, and celebrate that you know your, your heavenly father is looking out for your children because he never leaves them and they can never get away from him. So good, Donna. Thank you for sharing all that. I know those are not easy memories to go back and, and pull up, but you're always ready to glorify God with the tough things you've been through. And I think when you meet someone who goes through something that you can't imagine, um, you watch them, not because you think they're going to fall, but because you want to see. And I think you start asking yourself, what, how would I react in this or what would I do? And um, I remember in that season just seeing you be so steadfast and so stayed, steady. And it was a shock, but also you remained that way. I mean, you um, were grounded in Jesus. And I think everything we're talking about with, you know, managing your circle and, and doing those things and living a life with being ready of who to run to all go to transformation of our hearts. And without transformation of our hearts, these things will whip us around and they will um, turn us upside down as mothers, as people, you know, all across the board. Well, one of the things, you know, I loved loved, loved being Kevin's wife. It was one of my greatest things. I just, I loved him with all my heart. But the day he passed, that didn't change my identity. My identity as Kevin's wife, that's, that looks very different now than it did. But it doesn't change the fact that I was already a child of God. I was already a daughter to, to God. And he was there for me. So I think when my I can say that with my identity being rooted, it was that it was God's peace that, that took over at that point. I didn't have to go looking for it. He was already there. That's great. It's all foundation work that you then see the fruit of, right? From being, um, I jotted down the John 15, five. Most of us probably have heard this, but I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think when we realize that um, apart from God, we, we are very um, apt to flow to and fro and, and not be anchored and not be stable. And um, as we do the core work, as we do the mind, heart work with emotions and what emotions tell us. I heard something the other day that said, feelings are very real, but they are not always true. And so God gave us emotions, he gave us feelings, but we also have to ask ourselves, is this true? I know I feel this, but what I know in a moment that something hard happens is that God is good and that he will carry me and that he's promised to not leave me or forsake me and all the things that we have to cling on to that come from a relationship with, with him. So awesome. Thank you ladies for sharing all that.
Um, just in wrapping up, I think the, the body and strength sort of part of all of this too is sometimes, and we kind of laughed about this the other day because it's so simple, sometimes you just need a nap. Sometimes you need to realize that you're sleeping four or five hours a night and you cannot function as a person who thinks clearly or nicely when you're not sleeping well at night. And it's so simple things. And as moms, we are so good at just go and go and go and go and go. And so if you feel like it's hard to even find time to be silent with the Lord or find a way to be more patient with your family, or um, I know for myself, if I feel myself being more bitey than normal, I'm like, I need to have some time with Jesus and I need to make sure I'm sleeping enough. So there are very simple things when we're looking at the person as a whole that are so important um, to all of that. So um, I think I'm kind of speaking on behalf of Donna here, but if you would like to talk with any of these ladies, if you have a situation where you just really resonated with something that any of us spoke to, we'll be more than happy to, to chat with you. But I know specifically with grief and different things like that, um, sometimes you cling to people who have been through things like that because you know they can relate. So I think I would speak for all of us to say that we're all happy to, to chat with any of you after. And Laura Beth's gonna pray us out this morning and then we'll end things together. Absolutely. God, we are honored to be in your presence. Um, and today, even as we've talked about motherhood and about loving the people around us and about caring for ourselves um, in all of the necessary ways so that we can um, do the things that you've called us to do. God, we, um, our intention has been that this day would be ultimately about you and that um, you would be honored and that you would be lifted high in each of us and that you would be um, just glorified as the center of our lives and that um, as the rough edges are worn off um, and we become more like you, that you would just be clearer and bolder um, and more visible in us. And so God, I just pray that you would go before us as we leave this place, that you would um, be the banner that is over us and that shines through us. And God, we just pray that you would um, have the victory in the situations that are in our lives and the complications that are there, that you would give us clear direction um, and that you would use the family that is in this room and the supports that are in this room and that are available to us in Christ to encourage us. So God, I pray that you would be honored, that you'd be glorified, um, and that you would um, be seen clearly to those that are around us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.